1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure, and I mean that, to be next to one of my favorite people because not only do you do good things for others, but he's a handsome dude. If you don't know what Ray Lance looks like, folks, you need to go onto Facebook. Actually, just stare really hard at your radio. <laughs> That's even better. Look into the radio. Oh, good There's morning, a... Ray and... And, oh, Peter. and Peter, too. Also. Good morning. There's actually a secret going around that I'll, uh, I guess I'll expose right now that Angelina Jolie actually left Brad Pitt for you. Oh. I don't think so. <laughs> Can we break that story here? Oh, no. would that be good? Well... Uh, lips are zipped. <laughs> well, good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Morning. Welcome to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. You're listening to WBSM 1420 AM on your radio dial. And thank you for listening. You know, this past week, Phil, I met with some uh, people. I met with one gentleman in particular who works for an airlines uh, in Boston and commutes every day, and he works the evening shift. And so when he gets off on Saturday night and he's driving home, he gets to pick up WBSM and he listens to the show every week starting somewhere around in the Brockton area. Oh, nice. And so I said, that's wonderful. I yeah. said, drive a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, great. welcome and thank you so much for being loyal listeners. We do have a lot of people all the time who tell us, remember to turn off your cell phone. They're so loyal. They love calling during the show and... They just love saying hello to Ray. Drive a little faster. I think that's the only bad advice you've given in the last five years. <laughs> well, welcome to Peter Lanson. Uh, Pete, thank you for being with me this morning. I always appreciate it. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Phil. Good morning, Peter. And hello, so, buddy. Phil, thank you for saying this good-looking guy, but I call myself the formerly good-looking guy because now Peter is Pe- the good-looking guy. Peter is a handsome <laughs> dude as well. Absolutely. And yet you have more hair than me somehow. <laughs> Well, Lost that part of the gene pool. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any hair on my chin, though. What was that? Three little pigs. Yeah. Not by the hair of my chinny mm-hmm. chin chin. Yeah. Well, let's get serious. About we we could do a show on the philosophy of the three little pigs, right? We probably could. It would probably fit in well with some of our political statements that are going on in the news today. <laughs> Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's move along. We have a very serious topic to talk about this morning, actually. We're going to be talking this morning about business and business succession. So a lot of the things we're going to talk about today actually will apply to everyone, whether you're retired, working, or you have your own business. But especially if you have your own business, What happens if you have your own business, you just get too busy doing what you're doing every single day, and you don't have enough time or take enough time to do planning. Mm. And that includes business succession planning. What is your retirement planning? Are you putting aside enough money for retirement? If you have a partner, do you have a partnership agreement between the two of you, for example, or the three of you? Or if you have a small corporation, if you have employees working with you in the business, If you have family members working in the business, which is even more difficult, what's going to happen when you're no longer there? 
Is there a proper business succession plan in place? So we're going to talk about a lot of that today, aren't we, Pete? Yep. There's actually a quote. Uh, I don't have it. I didn't uh, have it written down or anything, but it just came to me. Um, I'm not going to get the exact quote, but there's something along the lines of when you own your own business, you need to not get caught up in working in the business every day, that every once in a while you need to take a step back and work on the business and realize what's working and what's not working and make sure that you do have a, you know, an updated business plan because you could have created a business plan 20 years ago and now that's drastically changed and you need to um, you know, stay with the times and get current and work on your business, not just in it. Mm. Well, that's a very good point and it brings up the memory of a book that I have at home that you can read sometime if you'd like, Pete. It was written by a gentleman named Michael Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R. It was called The E-Myth, which stands for The Entrepreneurial Myth. And the basic theme of his whole book is stop working so much doing what you're doing every day and work on developing the business instead, and including things that you've just mentioned, Pete, for example, a business plan, a succession plan. And it's important to work on the business I had the occasion, I would say probably 22 or 23 years ago, to be in a room of about 30 people, and Michael Gerber was the main spokesperson. He was the speaker. And he sat on a little stool. He had a great speaking voice. And it's, it's a wonderful little book. It's still in print, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And then later he wrote uh, The E-Myth Attorney and The E-Myth This Person and That Person, sort of like the chicken soup books. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, and, it's real important. And that business plan, you know, you may have every single thing worked out. Uh, if you have a partner, then obviously you have to agree on those things. Uh, I actually spoke to somebody just last week. Uh, they've sort of got a little small partnership going on a little side project business, and they're not seeing um, eye to eye on the vision of the business. So they just have some things to work out. It's nothing, you know, serious, but. You know, when you've got somebody else involved in the business, whether it's family or whether it's friend or just a business partner, you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and that you have everything written down. I want to mention, because the same gentleman who listens to the show on Sunday says that he wasn't exactly sure where to find me originally, because he's never been to one of our seminars. Okay. And so I just want to remind people that USA Wealth Group is located at 352 Fonts Corner Road, and as a landmark... We're uh, almost directly across the street from the Vanity Fair factory outlet. Right. And you can stop in. You can pick up information at our front desk. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can make an appointment. There's lots of ways you can get in touch with us. We also have a website, usawealthgroup.com. Look for the Marine flag. Look for the Marine Corps flag out front. Just past the railroad tracks and the state police barracks. We've got to come yeah. up with a new Alice's Restaurant song. I was going to say, that based on USA Wealth Group. Gee. <laughs> Just past the railroad tracks. <laughs> nice. So, Love so, it. So I have a, a Bachelor of Arts degree in um, English from Clark University, and Peter is working on a BS degree in BS. <laughs> <laughs> and I've l- learned from the person who received their master's years and years ago. Oh, I got you all beat. I have a PhD in that. <laughs> Does that stand for pilot higher and deeper? <laughs> it's the old definition you of a PhD. Hot pilot trot. higher and deeper. <laughs> well, you know, the fun thing about being on the show with uh, uh, my son, Peter Lance, is that we have a lot of good interchange. There's a lot of free-flowing stuff. But in the middle of all this, we want to give you some serious information. So 
Henry Kissinger was a very important Secretary of State under Richard Nixon and a very important advisor. He's still with us. And he once wrote, if you don't know where you are going, every road will get you nowhere. I remember the morning I called Secretary Kissinger and said, uh, Sir, it's Phil Paleologos from Talk America Radio Network. Do you have a minute to chat with me? He says, Philip, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So that was your famous shiny moment with Henry Thank you, Mr. Secretary. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But it is true. It doesn't matter where you are in life, uh, what your status is in life, including business, You have to have a plan. Um, And way back, uh, Lao Tzu, who's a Chinese philosopher, wrote, and you've all heard this, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. So you have to plan. You have to have a plan. We're going to talk about business succession. I'd like to share with you, this is really literally hot off the press this week. Uh, This is the uh, September 19 issue of something called by the numbers, which comes from one of our wholesale providers. So it says that the S&P 500, which is an index that we use a lot in the business things that we do, um, reached its peak on October 9, 2007, before beginning a 17-month decline that saw the index fall 57%, and it bottomed out in March of 2009. But if you invested money in the S&P 500 back in 2007, at the time that it was at the peak and before it reached this major fall, it's still up 66% right now. Wow. So the S&P 500 has always been a really good measure for how to uh, determine investments. And we do a lot of work with index products, as an example. And the favorite index we like to use is the S&P 500 index. It's been very popular. And for the most recent last nine years, including ending this particular month, um, the last nine-year average, including really some really tough years, uh, has returned 5.8% per year. So I tell this to people, you know, how much am I going to earn on this particular indexed annuity product that we're doing, for example? And the average is Mm 5.8% in a really bad time. So if you're not happy with where you are, get someplace where you might need to be. You know, none of that is uh, for sure or guaranteed by any means, but that is if you take pretty much any 10-year chunk, uh, that is uh, what the return has been uh, historically. Um, And, yes, the S&P is one of the indexes that is probably the index that is most followed, but there's a lot more indexes out there that people probably aren't even aware of Um, especially in the last few years. Well, I want to give you uh, two other sort of factoids about the economy because in this political season, I think it's important to realize this as well. Uh, In 2014, there were 6.2 million tax returns filed in this country. How many? 6.2 million. Um, uh, Let me me clarify this a little bit. There were 6.2 million returns that reported at least $200,000 of adjusted gross income. Okay. That represents 4.2% of all the tax returns that were filed. So roughly 4% of all the tax returns in the country 
reported $200,000 of, or more of income. So that's a pretty small number when you think about it. But what it also means is that 96% of everybody in the country made less than $200,000, which is a more significant way to look at it. And of those returns, that 4% of all the people that paid the returns um, who had $200,000 or more of income, uh, that represented 34% of all the income in the country wow. for that year. So 4% of our population is making 34% of all the money in the country. Mm-hmm. And that same 4% paid 58% of all federal income taxes. So you can look at this a number of ways. You can first of all say that 4% of our population is paying 50% of all the taxes. And you say, well, that's a good thing. But you can also say that 96% of our population is making less than $200,000. Right. And the other thing that really is important about that is uh, take a look at median income. Median income means a median is not an average. It's the number that's in the middle. It's in the middle of the highest and the lowest. So median income in this country in 2015 was $56,500. And in 1999, which would be 16 years ago, the median income for the country was $57,900. So in 15 years, median income in this country has gone down. And and I know that uh, a lot of you are enjoying your breakfast right now. You're probably having your scrambled eggs, and now your brains are scrambled. (laughs) <laughs> with all those different numbers. And we're going to get into uh, an economics discussion. We're going to talk about the difference between median and mean and mm-hmm. uh, inverse relationships. And <laughs> No, but the thing is, when you, when you think about it, Pete, um, if 96% of the population is making less than $200,000 and 4% of the population is paying taxes uh, for 58% of our budget, um, they're still making a lot more money than the rest of the population. So maybe it's still okay to tax on the upper income levels and not tax so much on the lower income levels. Because if you look at what real income has done in the last 15 years, it hasn't gone anywhere. Let me ask you, though. Hasn't Congress and having these clever lawyers found loopholes and pages and pages for people to legally, legally not pay taxes? Oh, sure. Well, that's why the rich get richer, and that's... And yet the people throw rotten tomatoes at the rich, saying, how come you don't pay taxes and I do? And when they really should be aiming those tomatoes at the people who created the laws. Well, there's no question about that. And this is an apolitical statement. Exactly. I mean, well, that's one of the things I was just going to say. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's everyone. They're all looking out in not all, I should say. A huge part of our, um, yes, Congress, uh, they're looking out for themselves and for their wealthy constituents who are the ones that contribute to them. So therefore, they they make these tax laws that benefit them and their wealthy peers. And that's why the middle class especially continues to get squeezed out. Well, and it's why Congress has always taken care of itself first. <laughs> And that's what we have as a problem in this country. So this is a apolitical political statement, which is we ought to have term limits for Congress. 
And also bad. not raises all the time and, you know, let the people vote on the raises, not, you know, Congress as a whole. I mean, they can vote for their own raises. How come we can't have a vote on that and say, no, you don't deserve a raise until you start doing better and start looking out more for the country and for the oh, people who work it. in this country? Well, if you serve one term in Congress, you get a pension for life and you get health care for life. Wow. I would love that job for two years. Oh, you're kidding me? But let's move on. We've got more interesting things to talk about that are a little bit more positive, except that I want to remind people, everyone listening, I've used this phraseology before. If you have a group of geese together, they're called what? A gaggle of geese. Yes, we know what a, a, a group, group of, of apes is. A group of apes or baboons is called a Congress of Baboons. <laughs> and it's very fitting. We haven't mentioned it in a couple of years, but it is very fitting. Well, I mention it once in a while. I love that expression. <laughs> well, I'd like to announce that I am running for Congress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might not be a bad job. You're going to have to give me Pete. equal time now, Peter. <laughs> Let's move along. Let's get into our topic because there's some really interesting things that I do want to share uh, with you. And... Um, Peter's just getting a radio hug from <laughs> the radio <laughs> hugger. Political contribution. <laughs> I've got your vote, Phil. I know I do. <laughs> Let's talk about succession planning. Um, the first thing we want to talk about really is uh, pay yourself first. And this applies to everybody, but it applies especially to business people. You know, business people tend to invest money in their business or pay their employees, obviously, and tend to put off paying themselves so here's some questions to ask. Number one, do you think you can be certain of Social Security's solvency for you when you will retire? I think I feel fairly comfortable about that decision. It's going to take an act of Congress, literally, to make the right decisions on adjusting some of the, the features that will allow us to put more money into Social Security. But I think Social Security will be there. But I think the secondary, more important question on this one, uh, Peter, is what are you doing to maximize Social Security benefits? And if you're not looking at this as a business person or as an individual, you should be because there are so many decisions and there's so much complexity in Social Security that there are things that you can do that will make more money for yourself and will make more money for your spouse and your family. So check out Social Security first. And um, again, I want to remind everyone, you're listening to USA Wealth Group, and this is our show called Money Wise. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. Uh, please visit us on the web at usawealthgroup.com. And how about Facebook, Pete? Can you like us on Facebook? Uh, yes, uh, we are on Facebook, and uh, that's updated, I believe, two or three times a week by uh, Deb at the office, Deb and Ashley. Okay. So let's talk about the pay yourself first rule. Now, given the current employment climate, and this is now a question that we're directing to uh, business owners, uh, do you feel right now that you can be certain of the exact amount of income you're going to get in the future from any pension? Or if you are employed by an employer and you're building a 401k plan, for example, um, are you comfortable that the right decisions are being made uh, by your employer in your 401k plan? Well, we're happy to review that for you, first of all. We can review it, um, give you some explanation about what's going on, make some suggestions. And there's something that everybody should be aware of. 
uh, business owner, non-business owner alike, and that's this. When you're 59 and a half, in most companies, you can take money out of your 401k plan. It's called an in-service distribution, and you can roll it over into an IRA account instead. And that gives you more control in terms of being able to do stretch IRAs and in terms of being able to make different kinds of investment choices that that's what I was, are not available to you in a 401k plan. That's exactly what I was going to say. You have more options as to where you actually want the money invested and how it's invested. Uh, one of the things that you absolutely should do if you are a business owner is, uh, as he, my father mentioned five minutes ago, not just pay your business first, but pay yourself first. If you are a business owner and you're not contributing something towards your own retirement, then uh, you really need to do that. Set up an IRA, uh, do something so that you know, you're not just relying on Social Security and you're going to have a gap even if you collect Social Security. There's going to be a gap when you go to retire or sell your business. Uh, so you need to contribute something towards your retirement now. Uh, start it today. Uh, pay yourself first. You know what I've seen a lot over the years? Um, it's a fact of life with business owners. They can be in a business which involves bringing in some cash. And they think that they're really doing something wonderful because they hide the cash and they don't report it as income. Um, they can get caught on that, by the way. I've talked to some people recently who were audited by the IRS because if your lifestyle or your bank account doesn't match what you're reporting, they can do what's called impute income. And they can say, we think you made more money because how are you paying for all of this stuff otherwise? So the second thing that you can be uh, really hurting yourself with is if you're not reporting all of your income because you're putting cash under the mattress or wherever you put it, then you're not contributing as much as you should be to Social Security, which means when you go to collect Social Security later, you're not going to have a large Social Security account. Not only that, but that cash that's sitting, you know, possibly in a safe or somewhere in your home or possibly in a money market or just a regular bank account or CD, it's not even keeping up with inflation. So you're essentially losing out every single day. Uh, yep. You're just not keeping up with inflation even. You need to be in something that's earning more and, and out outperforming inflation. So you're not making any money on it. So the idea is that if you are hoarding cash, not reporting income, you might think you're doing something that's smart now, but it's really going to come back to shoot you in the feet later. Uh, in, in, in both ways, yeah. And there are ways that you can protect yourself and make proper tax decisions. Another question we want to ask is, do you think for you to retire in a comfortable lifestyle, maybe similar to what you're doing right now, uh, do you think you have to do something more to help accumulate money? And if you do... It really would be helpful to sit down with us and talk about some choices that you can make. And just like every single case that I meet with, every single person, every single couple is totally different in terms of the people that I sit down with the very next appointment. Uh, there's very different variables. Some people have children. Some people do not. Some people have separate bank accounts. Some people have joint bank accounts. I mean, every single situation is different, just like every business is different. So if you do have a business and you want us to take a look at it, uh, let me know. And uh, you can reach us at 508-998-8858. Make sure that your business is set up properly to protect yourself and your business. Uh, you know, you have insurance on the business, make sure that you have 
uh, insurance on the key people in the business, including yourself and any partners that you might have. So there's, there's so many variables, there's so many things to think about, and you're, you may have a successful business and think that everything's fine. Just make sure that you have somebody competent review everything to make sure that everything is set up properly and that you have the uh, correct procedures and insurance in place. One more quick question um, that I want to ask is, if you were to save and keep save the same amount of money over the next 10 years as you have been in the past 10 years, would you be disappointed with the results? Because I will tell you right now that most people simply don't save enough money and don't accumulate enough money. So we're going to come back in a few minutes, and um, I'm going to come back with a very special announcement mm. about some changes that we're making in the offices at USA Wealth Group. Exciting news, Exciting, yes. Very exciting oh, good. news. Good. And I want to invite you to stay tuned for that, and then we'll continue our topic of business succession with some very specific ideas about how you can provide for that. So you're listening to Money Wise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We're at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise. We're talking today about business succession planning. And when we're talking about business succession planning, we're talking about the kind of planning that will apply to everybody listening, whether you're in business or not. But particularly, we want to talk to those of you listening who may be operating your own business. So I promised you before the break, we're going to talk about a very special announcement. And the special announcement that I wish to make is that Peter Lance, my son, Mm -hmm. is rejoining the corporation called USA Wealth Group. Beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And the beginning date for that starts this coming week. Oh, even better. So I'm very pleased because I decided that as much as I enjoy doing what I'm doing and I'm going to continue working for as long as I can and I'm healthy and can give good advice to people, I really thought it was important to have Peter formally join our operation and so you see, I'm interested in having my own business succession plan oh, that's also. Great. So I'm pleased to announce that Peter um, is fully on board. He's got a huge amount of experience. Uh, he really knows a lot about what he's doing in insurance and annuities and car insurance and all the financial products. And I'm just thrilled and overjoyed that he will be formally with us. All the blessings in the world, Peter. Thank you, Phil. You appreciate it. You really are. (laughs) Yep. So Uh, we should have had some sparkling apple juice or something. You know? Apple juice. (laughs) You wanted something it's breakfast time. It's breakfast time. You're right. (laughs) We can we can leave here and go to Freestones and get some mimosas. (laughs) Mimosas. So Yogi Berra once said if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. That's really what we're talking about, isn't it? We're talking about planning. I think it was Mr. Brady from the Brady Bunch that said, remember, son, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Even better. I like that. (laughs) I like that, son. Well, Warren Buffett also said, Warren Buffett's one of my favorites. He wrote some really interesting things. He said, predicting rain doesn't count. Building arcs does. Love that one, too. Isn't that a good quotation? Mm Mm-hmm. And that all goes to the topic of planning, because we have to plan. We have to plan for succession. We have to plan to make sure that if I'm not around, I've got a very capable person working with me by my side, or uh, 
at some point in time, you know, yeah, I'll I'll pass on to my higher reward, mm-hmm. or whatever we call it. Well, and that's one thing that a lot of business owners out there listening would probably enjoy if they do have children, which is to see their children take over the business one day, join them in business, and then eventually take over. Uh, that isn't always the case. I've I've had many friends along the years who have joined the family business, been involved, and and watched their parents be able to grow and create something, and then pass it to their children, let the children continue with it, uh, and then the parents can retire. And I've also seen the exact opposite, where the parents had hopes and dreams to have their children join them, and the children had no interest in doing that and mm-hmm. wanted to go off on and and do their own uh, ventures. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that you need to consider as well, whether you have young children or children in high school now. What is your plan for your business? Are you going to involve family and eventually have them working with you, or are you going to one day sell your business? And we're going to talk about some specifics. I'm going to pass a little piece of paper over here to Phil Mm -hmm. because he has much more experience on the radio than I do, and I want to know if this is an appropriate quotation to use on the radio, Phil. So I'll let you be the judge of it, if you can read it. You want my reading glasses? Yes, I my do. Reading, my, I'm not sure what's on top of your head, by the way. Oh, those are my glasses. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That's where they are. He's fishing around looking for something so he can read this. He's got a pair of glasses sitting on his head. You have said some things inappropriate over the past five, six years of this radio show, so if you have to ask Phil if it's appropriate or not, it's probably not, but we'll see. Let's get Phil's opinion. He doesn't say anything dirty or bad. No, not at all. But your quote is very interesting. Isn't it? Yes. Business is like, well, it's like, um, it's like um, intimacy. When it's good, it's very good, and when it's not good, it's still very good. <laughs> that was a good paraphrase, Phil. Did you like the way I changed <laughs> yes, that I around? Did. <laughs> oh, thank you for my glasses here. Back up on my head. <laughs> well, as my mother used to say, you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your neck. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Peter, let's let's. I'm just shaking my head here. I'm the where are my glasses. The words have failed me. <laughs> they were sitting right on top of his head, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh! Well, let's talk about some actual business owner solutions. You know, the fact is, we read a lot about big corporations, and a lot of people work for big corporations. But big corporations represent only a very small percentage of the wealth produced in this country, in the income and the jobs. It's the business of America is business, and the business of America is small business. And it's small business where most of the jobs are in this country. So I'm talking to small business owners right now, and I'm basically saying if you have a business that has a number of employees, and particularly if you have somebody that you want to be your successor, or if you have a partner, do you have key man insurance? Key person insurance is very important. Do you have a buy-sell agreement? Um, A buy-sell agreement is usually put together by a law firm. I know uh, Tenney has done those at uh, Lance Law, Inc. And basically, I've always said to people, if you're in business between relatives and friends, you always have to have it in writing. You don't want to have disputes between relatives, relatives and friends. So let's assume that you have a business succession agreement. It can say... If one of us dies, or even more importantly, if one of us becomes disabled, 
How do you continue the business? Well, you can have key person disability insurance. So if you got two partners, for example, and one becomes disabled, there's a disability plan that kicks in, and you don't have to worry about draining money out of the business to pay this person who has become disabled. Same thing is true if, if one of the partners dies. Um, does that mean the end of the business? Have you thought about those things? Do you have an agreement put together? Does the person's spouse then become your partner who yeah. you weren't expecting and possibly aren't looking forward to working with? There, there's so many questions. Yep. So you need to think about what happens if somebody dies in the business. Do you close the doors the following day? Do you lay off 10 employees because the key person is gone? Or do you have a key person insurance policy in place that will put revenue into the business you can immediately go out and hire somebody else, or you can pay off uh, the widow, let's say, or the, the spouse of the person who's passed away. So key person insurance is very important. It protects the business against the loss by death uh, of an owner or a key person. Um, it can provide tax-free dollars to the business, so it can hire and train a replacement. And if you have key person insurance, generally the premiums are not deductible. And another thing you can do is you can have a buy-sell cross-purchase agreement. And so let's say that you want to have a cross-purchase agreement between two business partners, but you don't have a lot of money to pay out a lot of insurance. Well, the cross-purchase agreement could say, I want my partner who is going to be deceased to get paid out or his family to get paid out over a five-year period. Now you can pay it out of the business. And maybe you can fund it 50% with insurance and 50% from the business proceeds, which is another way to keep the cost down. But if you do a cross-purchase agreement, then each owner pays for the policy on the life of the other. Um, and usually it's funded in some way with life insurance proceeds. And you can do buy-sell entity purchase agreements. You can do stock redemption agreements. We're not going to go into all of those particular uh, items. No, but as usual, uh, we have a wealth of information always at our hands and always ready to give to somebody or to meet with somebody and discuss in person. Uh, but it's questions that you really need to ask whether you are just starting out or whether you have a successful business. You need to make sure that every single thing is planned, written down, uh, because surprises can and will happen, and it could uh, totally change the outcome of your business should something happen to you or your partner. And by the way, if you have a business that has, let's say, a number of employees and it's successful, it's making money, you can do an executive bonus arrangement. Uh, that would be deductible, uh, and then the individual who receives the bonus will pick it up as income on their income tax return. You can do something called a non-qualified deferred compensation plan. So let's say you've got a lot of money in a particular year, but the individual doesn't want to take it all in in that particular year because they're going to pay a lot of taxes. You can defer part of the compensation, and you can defer it for a later year when the person is in a lower tax bracket. So it's non-deductible by the corporation, um, but the benefits themselves are deductible whenever the salary is actually paid out to 
people. I've seen examples of this in a number of situations, and we've helped people put some of this together. And by the way, you can use uh, personal insurance on this as well. Well, again, going along with lots of different decisions uh, to be made, there's tons of different business organization types. So uh, if you're thinking about starting a business or if you've just started out, make sure that the type of business that you have set up is actually the fact the uh, the way that you want it to be set up because there's a sole proprietorship, there's a partnership, there's a LLC, which is a you know limit, limited liability company, uh, sub S corporation, C corporation, uh, DBA, doing business as. So there's all kinds of different ways that you can uh, get your business set up. Just make sure that you're doing it the right way, the the appropriate way for the type of business it is, and uh, the best way for you as the uh, business owner. The other thing that we offer at USA Wealth Group is we can do a business checkup plan for you. And it doesn't cost anything to sit down and have initial conversations and uh, consultations and talk about this. But most people are so busy running their business and they know how to order supplies and order inventory. They may have a payroll service covering their payroll. They have an accountant uh, who does tax returns uh, we do work, for example, uh, a lot with John Lally in Fairhaven. Uh, he works almost exclusively with business owners. And by the way, if you're looking for a good recommendation for a good business accountant because you happen to be in business, I'd certainly recommend uh, the offices of John Lally. You bet. He's on Alden Road in Fairhaven. And um, be happy to give you his phone number. But he works primarily with businesses, and uh, we would encourage that. You know, one of the things that's often important, too, um, and this goes uh, for individuals as well as businesses, what are you worth? What are you worth individually? Do you ever sit down and tally up what all of your assets are and your liabilities? Uh, we can give you a form for that. Uh, just call our office at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to provide that. That sort of goes back to what I talked about at the beginning. Instead of just going about your daily busy lives running your business, try to work on your business and not just in it, but also make sure that you and your family are protected outside of the business. Know what you're worth. Know what would happen to your family should anything happen to you. Cannot tell you how many people we meet who are very successful business men and women uh, who just work, 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 and they don't think about the consequences of what would happen if they were to pass or um, get disabled or something else. Uh, this is going back years ago now. I remember meeting with someone who had a very large estate, had no estate plan, not even a simple will, mm -hmm. um, and had zero life insurance on their life and two young children. They ended up, I know, doing an estate plan with my mother, and as far as I know, they still have not done anything in terms of any type of life insurance for, um, for their estate. Well, I think that there's nothing more important than protecting your family, number one, and protecting your money, number two, and that's sort of been our mantra. There's nothing more important than family. You know, we've, we've had an employee recently who had a death in the family, you know, take whatever time off you have to do to take care of those those issues and those needs. Family comes first. Your money comes second. But if you don't take care of your money, you're not going to be able to take care of your family. It's that simple. So I've said that, you know, you can do a budget form. We're happy to provide a free budget form to anyone. We think it's a public service that you have a budget, and we're happy to provide it. 
but you need to then figure out what are you really worth and then how do you protect it? And that goes to the question also of what's the income coming in? Let's say there's a husband and wife and they're both working. In today's economy, you really can't get by uh, with, uh, in most households, unless you have two sources of income coming in. And if, if, if one of those spouses should pass away, and it doesn't matter which one, there's a big gap in the household budget. So what are you doing to protect that gap and ensure that gap? Well, typically you're going to do it with some form of life insurance. We're happy to help you measure that. You know, Pete, I would imagine most people are really confused by how much insurance they should carry. So one of the things that we can do is we can sit down and help evaluate what should be your objective. Mm -hmm. If it's too expensive to carry a universal life policy, Maybe you do some permanent insurance and some term insurance. I always, again, every single case is different. Every uh, couple that I meet is different. I met with a couple last week, uh, no children, uh, but they just bought a house. They're looking to protect each other should anything happen to them to make sure they don't lose the house. So what I recommended for them, and it, it, it's, again, a case-by-case situation, is a larger term policy that will carry them through the mortgage uh, once their mortgage is up, then um, that term policy goes away. But also have in place a smaller whole life policy uh, that will be with them exactly for that whole life. So that way when they do eventually pass, hopefully well into their 90s, uh, they'll have enough money to settle any smaller debts and any kind of final expense planning. Uh, one of the biggest things I absolutely recommend is if you have children who are uh, young and you expect that one or any of them might be going to college, have a large term policy that will cover, um, you, you know, for your life mm -hmm. until your children are at least 22, 23, which is when they should be finished with college. Um, so th there's many different options, but certainly protect your spouse if you have uh, a, a large mortgage and protect your children um, if they're looking to go to college. And things happen, unfortunately. Um, just this past week, mm -hmm. there's a, apparently a triple fatality on Route 195. Uh, wow. A, car, a vehicle came totally across the median strip onto the opposite lane. Uh, mm -hmm. Things happen that we don't plan for. That's right. Um, so no, you have to know what you're worth as a person, but you have to know what you're worth as a uh, business as well. And that means you need to have your business evaluated, uh, evaluated. And there's a valuation process. And you should do this if you're thinking about selling your business or if you're thinking about retiring, if you're thinking about a succession plan. If you're thinking about a succession plan for a business, as an example, how would you know how much insurance to put on the business unless you know what the business is worth? And so we're going to give you a couple of pointers about places where you might be able to go to get your business evaluated. We've got some very good firms in our own community that can uh, do that for you as well. And uh, we've worked with a number of them, and um, we're happy to uh, provide some information uh, to you on that. Um, we're going to talk as we conclude our time together this morning about questions to ask if you own a family business. And I want to remind everyone that we're, we're talking uh, from the MoneyWise program. We're brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. You can see us at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can visit our website at usawealthgroup.com. And, and, and go buy 
especially if you want to find out what you're worth, because you can put that together. We can't do that by ourselves. No. You can do it, though. But when you go by, you have to salute. <laughs> that's right. Because well, we fly the American flag and the Marine and, Corps flag. That's right. Mm-hmm. But we do have some really good checklists, and we don't necessarily create all these. We've got a business succession planning checklist put out by Sun Life Financial uh, a little while ago. It's a very good checklist. If you are a business owner and you haven't thought about these questions, call our office and get a checklist. We're happy to provide it. And if you'd like to meet with us, we're happy to meet with you. So, Peter, we're going to talk next and last about 32 questions to ask if you own a family business. And as we're asking these questions, I'd like you to think about your own personal life as well, whether you're in business or not. But before we do, I want to ask you a question, Pete. Do you like football? Uh, I love professional football. I love to watch it. I'm not a fan of the NFL or Roger Goodell, but I, overall, yes, I love football, but I do not like youth football. I didn't ask you that question. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't like, don't like youth watching youth football. My oldest plays youth football, and I worry about him every single play, and I don't like the aggression and the uh, the, the sort of over-the-top um, who hooting and hollering on the sidelines by the parents when it's you know 12- and 13-year-old kids. Oh, the parents <laughs> are the worst. Well, here's some interesting information about football you might like to share with our audience today. Uh, 35% of the NFL football players on the opening day rosters for 2016 graduated from high schools in just three states, Florida, California, and Texas. So a little bit more than one-third of all the NFL players come from just three states. That's pretty interesting. That is very interesting. And I hear that lots of the sports players end up broke Eventually in their lives, after their professional years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not just broke, but with a lot of injuries and everything else. So Yeah. And you get the smart players, like, uh, he doesn't seem like he's that smart, but Gronkowski, he hasn't spent a nickel of his NFL salary. He has invested all of it. Really? And only yep. lives off of his... Um, uh, the advertisements yes, and the, the testimonials. And now that's that interesting. Yep. And, and smart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's planning. He is planning, and but you're right. Uh, a, a lot of the NFL players, a lot of the sports figures in general, they get so excited because they're making these monster paychecks, mm. and they build a lifestyle immediately, and now they don't put any money aside for retirement or planning. And I suspect some people listening today might uh, do the same thing. Pete, let's take a quick shot at 32 questions to ask if you own a family business. We're going to do this fairly quickly, like Johnny Carson style. How do I know if I need business succession planning? If you die unexpectedly, can your family continue to run your business? If not, you need planning. If not, or if you die unexpectedly, will your family have uh, enough liquid assets to hire someone to replace you? If you die unexpectedly and you have partners, will they pay your family a fair price for your business? If not, you need planning. How do you protect your family in the event of your early death? And typically that's going to be some form of insurance. How do you know if your buy-sell agreement is well prepared or do you even have one? Uh, Does your buy-sell agreement require the remaining owner or owners to purchase the departing owner's interest when a triggering event occurs? Well, here's some questions to ask, for example. The buy-sell agreement should cover death, disability, incapacity, bankruptcy, loss of a professional license, failure to carry out the uh, owner's duties unexpectedly, or retirement. 
Is your buy-sell agreement adequately funded if you have a buy-sell agreement? And how is the price of the departing owner's interest determined? Do you have that spelled out in writing? Will you have enough income when you retire? Do you have a management succession plan in place? Does your succession plan accommodate siblings, brothers and sisters with different skill levels? Boy, I've seen that numerous times in the New Bedford area in major companies. You need to be thinking about this stuff, folks, because we've seen it all. We've seen, um, you know, business partners when one passes and and the, the remaining people are really sparring with one another, siblings sparring with one another, so it does happen. Mm-hmm. Have you considered the impact of estate taxes on your family business? Do you have an estate planning team familiar with business succession planning? Are you willing to do a plan? Are you willing to pay some money and some cost to protect, protect your business and protect your family. How will you plan your transfer of your family business to your heirs, to your children, to your spouse, etc.? Are you willing to make gifts to the family? Are you willing to include your family members at a higher level in your business so that there is a succession plan? Do you know if you want to give it away, your business interests, but still maintain control? Okay, so I'm going to give you just one more. Do you know what your entity choice is? And I want to tell you that we're halfway through the list of questions and we've got questions you've got questions we've got answers we'd like to meet with you give us a call at usa wealth group 508-998-8858 get some advice to protect your family get some advice to protect your money and do something take some steps to protect your family and peter i want to conclude today by saying thank you for being on the radio Yes, and congratulations. Thank you for making the second most important smart decision in your life, which is to be working with us again at USA Wealth Group. Do you know what the first one was? Probably having uh, met my wife. in the world. (laughs) He said probably having my wife. Yes, getting married. You made the right right answer. I was sweating, but I made the right call. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Let us help you.